coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Oh yeah, I'm always good when we pie for the people. Hey man, we pie for the people. As you know, I always say this: black people got to get into what I call boring business. <laughs> All right, speaking of sexing, <laughs> what happened? You don't have to be educated to be a broker or a dispatcher. Let me ask you this: When it comes to like the drivers, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I want to double back to what you're saying. This. I love them. Truck bookkeep- bookkeeping. I wouldn't say truck maintenance, but when they call, not that far. <laughs> I mean, because who? Girl, get your ass out here. Watch this truck. <laughs> and let's say you had 15 trucks. That's how many trucks you got. I bring a little finesse. Okay. To dispatching. <coughs> ready? Born ready. Yeah. It's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to your favorite podcast, the favorite podcast. Oh. Y'all, just vibe with me. Let's go. Hey. 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 If you're on YouTube, you see this beautiful sister in here vibing with me. Hey, let's go. Let's go. We're going to do it just like this. What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge. You are tuning to the Just Eldridge podcast, the hottest podcast to ever hit the airways. I am super excited. I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say it every time and I mean it every single time. Welcome, welcome. Round of applause. Round of applause to everybody to tune in to last week's episode. We appreciate you for the love. We appreciate you for the kindness. We appreciate you for all of the support. None of this is possible without you. Uh, I have to give a shout out to my amazing, talented team that made me look so good and smart each and every week. Thank you, brothers. Um, we're back. We're back. Uh, my favorite series, the Just Series, where we interview people who are simply just dope. Um, before we dive in, just want to check in. Brothers, y'all good? Y'all good? Oh, yeah. I'm always good when we pie for the people. Hey, man. We pie for the people. So, question, brothers. What do y'all know about logistics? Trucking. What do y'all know about any of that? Just want to know. I know about Big Beach. Larry Hoover. They <laughs> probably one of the best logistics companies to ever be created. <laughs> Second to Amazon. <laughs> I know about what is it, Masic? Masic? Because of the movie where the pirate got um, held up. It was like a Masic company, and it's a logistic company. MA. Oh, the one to be on all the uh, shipping cup, all, yeah. the, all the containers. Masic or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm about to hit you with that, huh? Bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> it, it's something. It's called Masic or Mercy. Nah, but I, and, I'm and, and what I do know, too, is that uh, with log- logistically, it's a whole. Claude Anderson talked about it in the Powernomics. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole supply chain. Right. Which we should be controlling from A to Z. And um, right now, you know, it's looking kind of crazy. And you know what? This is why we're having this episode today. So I'm at the gathering spot, and I'm kicking it um, with my cousin Troy. And I see this sister come up, beautiful smile. She actually sitting beside me. And I was just like, yo, what you do? You know, just want to know who she was. And she told me she had a logistics company. And... I was like, that's cool because, you know, I always say this. Black people got to get into what I call boring business. Uh, no shade to logistics, but fun business is, is 
you know, oh, I, I sell hair, I do hair, I do jewelry, like the flag, you know, the front end, very B2C models, not necessarily B2B models. B2B models are more boring, I would argue. So I said black people got to get more into the B2B, more boring manufacturing, that side. And this sister does it. And um, definitely just got a wealth of knowledge. So I said, let's have a conversation. So ladies and gentlemen, first time on the podcast, give a round of applause to my good friend, Tierra. What's up, love? Hey, Eldridge. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Damn. Hey, look, she got that beautiful, sexy voice, right? As soon as she came on my like, oh, dang. Sir. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming to mic just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you good. You good. I just want people to hear you all the way. So, yeah, man, um, before we get started, just tell people who you are, a little bit about your company, your little elevator, elevator pitch. My name is Tierra Kendrick. I am the CEO and co-founder of Tackle Logistics out of Atlanta, Georgia. We have a brokerage firm as well as a dispatch company. Um, I started off in logistics quite a while ago, about 10 years ago, um, and picked it back up, and I love it. So when you say a brokerage what is, what is that? For people that know, oh, we're talking people that don't know. I'm we- sorry. So um, basically, it's my job to arrange the transportation of freight from point <coughs> A to point B. Um, I also pair shippers with manufacturers. So um, to make it plain, I tell shippers and manufacturers who's going to carry their freight. And I monitor the transportation of that freight until it makes it to its end desti- destination. Yeah, you smart. Damn. <laughs> you smart. Uh, let's go to the Genesis. That's why I, I like to reverse engineer. Uh, who is Tierra? How did you get here? Ooh. Yeah. Like, first of all, how old are you? 28. So I want to put something out there. She said she did something 10 years ago, and she's only 28 now. So let's do math. So we we dealing with somebody already a little different. So Look, I got to figure out how we got here. Why are we counting? No. Um, <laughs> so um, you went to school, college? I did. Where we went and what did we go for? I went to Middle Tennessee State University. I actually majored in the recording industry. What? I did. You wanted um, to do music? I did. I had a concentration in audio production and a minor in entertainment okay, technology. Kids. Okay, okay. So, uh, were you an artist or you just a producer? Like, what was you doing? Um, I would say that I was a singer by trade, and I wanted to know what happened in the background because it's the people in the background who makes all the money. Right. You got that voice that be on the hood tracks. That was me. You know what's out here for Singing in the closet. Trying to get money for the... Keisha Cole before she was Keisha Cole. So... Couple of y'all know. Ask about me. Okay. No. What was your... Oh, what, 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 what was your stage name? What was your stage name? Uh, I was Tierra. You are Tierra? I was Tierra. Okay. You ain't okay. add nothing on it like Tierra, the, the gray or like... No. Just straight to Yara. I'm Tierra. All right, who's your musical influences? So let us know, kind of like, I ain't going to ask you to sing because I don't feel like you're going to do it. Thank you for uh, putting a plural on it. Um, Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Tony Braxton. Shout out. Those are my absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. 
And don't forget Jill. Jill yeah. from Philly. I like I like your influences. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I mean, she got a little soul in her voice. She got to have some she balance. Got little, she got a little soul. Like she ain't, she ain't out here doing that. Oh, uh, that uh, <laughs> that uh, hippity hip hip. I can't get with it. I respect them. I respect artists, of course, but um, I like so. Who the hottest right now to you? The most underrated. Who? Ari, I love her. Ari Lennox. Ari, that makes sense. Is Ari underrated? I think she I is. I think she is. I think, I think, I think she, really? as great as she is, Hell she's yeah. definitely underrated. I think we starting to give her flowers these days. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Ari's looking good. Did, so who won in the AMAs? Did she win for best R&B? I thought it was SZA. Did SZA win? No, it was actually, I think it was Doja Cat. Oh, People no, were mad. Doja Cat won. What? Now, don't get me wrong. I love Doja. She's not but R&B. She, did, she is not R&B. She is she's R&B. pop. No, she's not. Do y'all listen to Doja? Do, have she, you listened to Jasmine Sullivan, uh, to SZA, to uh, her? She, to, she is a pop on, rapper. Sorry. Put some respect on her name. No, no, define R&B. Define R&B. is yeah. rhythm and blues. It Long. is, but she markets Singing. more so to... The pop. Crowd, it, what's T Pain? Is T Pain R and B? No. T Pain oh, is pop. That can make R and B records. Doja Cat is crossover. Pop. She has crossover. Okay. That can make well, you, R&B well, records. Okay, you, yeah. so you just said it. So if I can make R and B records, I made so many that I won the award. No. <laughs> like but the songs you just that said she it. put out the songs that she puts out are pop. No, Here's, no, you just said that compared, they're pop when they make R and B songs. As compared to those the other artists who right. were listed who are true through and through R and B artists. Mm. Just saying. So I would say I like Lennox just because she made music. Legacy? Uh huh. Legacy? No, our Lennox. Oh Lennox. Yeah. Okay. Legacy I like too, I, I like I like Lennox because she made music for the regular Douglas. Like Yeah. Like she that she that shouted that glowed up. Right. And like niggas slept on her. Like I, I when she released that song Pressure, I like I know it's a whole bunch of niggas that have been knowing her. Why she don't got a million like she dropped it the same day Chloe dropped her song. I can answer that question. Oh, yeah, you gotta you gotta Chloe. Well, it's, it's one thing the the sex, ass. The, the sex appeal, but the second thing is <laughs> no, one thing only. Let me try to cover it. It's one thing ass. The second thing is the engine that's behind it. Like yeah. we know Ari Lennox's engine, we know engine how big and how ass. strong it is, but we also know who's behind Matthew knows is behind uh, Chloe true. and them, that's and Matthew true. knows is responsible for the the greatest. You know what I'm saying? So it's that ass. Well, Matthew don't fuck with Chloe. That's that's Tina. Matthew ain't a part of that shit. No, bro. Matthew's the manager. I don't know. Tina, Tina, I don't know Tina, okay. but, <laughs> Tina helps market But Matthew's the manager he But we ain't here to talk about that That glittery shit We here to talk about boring shit exactly. <laughs> I digress <laughs> so, All I know is sex sales But You don't I, gotta do that Ari Just keep singing <laughs> That's right Ari But she Ari sexy Yeah Ari, Ari sexy as hell no, that's a, like, She like know. grown woman sexy Bro, stretch mark sexy yeah. I mean like, Black woman sexy like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah She got that Kiss on that booty After I'm done <laughs> sexy Come on, like, Come on. <laughs> Wake up in the morning Looking the same sexy Yeah <laughs> Your little pot or something After he done sexy like, like, uh, Damn you ain't got to put on no makeup Sexy <laughs> She got it Alright Speaking of sexy <laughs> What happened? What made you say fuck this music shit? Oh. <laughs> Perfect segue. Well, speaking of sex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So, um, I joined the military my freshman year of college. 
And um, <laughs> you went to the where? Where Brent? Army. Okay. Unless you had a fatigue. Make a statement. So I got a rocking her uniform. I just thought it was just like you know she's about business. Oh thank, shit! Thank, thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your service. How long did you serve? Uh, I hit ten years in February. Oh, so you still in? Yeah, I'm in the reserves. Mm, okay. You got a little check. A little check. It's real Listen, little. I know a couple women in the reserves. Yeah. yeah. Very little. <laughs> so did you ever do any, like, active tours or anything like that? Absolutely. Uh, where did you go? How long? Um, so I went active when I graduated. So to answer your question, um, I actually started as a petroleum supply specialist, which is a fueler. Logistics. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that really laid my foundation of knowing how important logistics is um, to an organization, thus the whole world. world. Okay. Um, but when I graduated, I commissioned as an officer mm-hmm. in military intelligence. So I was an intelligence officer and I went active duty. So um, the military was my full time job. And uh, I was able to travel all over, mm-hmm. and I did deploy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where where were we, where were you? Favorite place stationed? Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite place stationed? That's hard. Um, you was in the boring places, or you got some sexy spots? I got some hidden secrets. Yeah. So, um, Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, I was stationed. I know a lot of people like Savannah. Yeah, Savannah's dope. It's beautiful. Savannah. It's low key. Yeah. Um. So when I was in school, that little Charleston, basically, mm-hmm. um, yeah, or New Port. New Orleans or yeah, whatever. Port There's cities. a beach there on either side. It's nice. Get the best of all the worlds. Um, my school is only three hours from Atlanta. That's why I can say for the past ten, twelve years, Atlanta. I've been, you know, mm-hmm. here because of the entertainment industry. Or whatnot, uh, but when I got stationed in Savannah, that was like a second home, like something common for me because it was a lot further from home, my real home. Um, but when I wanted to get like a little ritzy, I could just come to Atlanta. But if I wanted to be low key, I could stay in Savannah, Savannah yeah. you know, and nobody really cares what you look like or just yeah. super low key. So I love that. What's the hidden gem country, though? Like, what's the most interesting country you've been to that we might not be so familiar with? Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Mm. What was that? I was going to say Kuwait. (laughs) I've heard about Kuwait a lot. I like Kuwait, um, but I didn't get a chance to leave the base. Mm. Um, But it was nice because I got my hair braided. Hey. You know, uh, they had a Fridays there, got my nails done. The fresh hair, like straight off the woman's scalp. Like, you know, (laughs) the weave was fresh. When you've been deployed, you know, that's like, ooh, y'all got hair? (laughs) Yeah. So, Bulgaria, why? First off, they had never seen anybody who looked like me. Hmm. So, everywhere I went, it was like, oh my gosh, which kind of got old in the. You know, towards the end, but um, they, the Bulgarian army, they were really protective of me um, because of that, and they showed me everything. Um, well, niggas universally do the same shit. Right. You know, right, right. Um, the country was just 
beautiful, you know. Um, so I was able to see. That was my first. I think that's the first place I went overseas. Okay. Um, they actually sent me there before I went active duty. Um, so I thought I was going to be traveling all the time. No. <laughs> overseas. No. No. So um, what what was the click? I want to know the click. Like when you, you, you filling up this tank overseas and you doing your thing like what was the clip they were like you know what i'm gonna do this shit at home um there's a lot of people in the military that just don't have the entrepreneurial clip they just stay in and well one i never touched a truck after i commissioned other than you know driving humvees or anything like that but um a part of my job was logistics like arranging the transport of a hundred soldiers or you know stuff like that um getting us human cargo human cargo because we gotta get places right mm. we gotta do is what it we similar do. to like pack, <clears throat> shipping regular cargo do they use the same terminology uh, fragile Based on what I'm trying to ask, like, are they using the same terminologies? Like? Not the same terminology, but the basics okay. are the same, if that makes sense. I feel uh, like, okay. Go ahead. No. Well, I was just saying, I feel like it would make sense because you're really routing it out, though. So you're saying, like, one stop here and then the next stop. Yeah, you got to plan it. And then the next stop, and, like, we'll drop you off here and pick this up there, and then ultimately mm-hmm. we all get to the same place. Yeah, and so, but even down to what type of equipment do we need? You know, logistics, like, thinking holistically for that particular operation. Like, we need all of this stuff to make this happen. So, although I wasn't fueling trucks, the logistic planning or logistical part never stopped. But what actually set the light bulb off in my mind, basically, was um, I moved a lot. And I would see all of the movers come... Uh, pack up my stuff or whatever and I did some partial moves myself and the army paid me pretty well so I was like dang like if they're paying me well what they paying these contractors you know uh let me look into this so then I was thinking about getting into household goods and then I began to educate myself and I learned that that was very, uh, Can you, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm going to be interrupting you because okay. I want like to educate people. So when you say I begin to educate myself, where, how, so can we probably put people on? I am self-educated. Okay. YouTube university. A. Okay. Google, <laughs> you know, um, well initially, right. So I'm just Googling stuff, um, which is a blessing because everything's at our, our fingertips. Um, but I was just doing research at home and it was like, um, well, now you're dealing with humans moving stuff. They get injured. It's a different type of insurance, like more insurance needed. It's just expensive. So you started researching how to basically start a moving company. Basically a moving company. But when you were in the military, did you gain like CDL licenses and did you like... No, but they, for people who whose job specialties are that Mm -hmm. they can get those licenses. But Mm -hmm. that wasn't my, when I commissioned, I was strictly intelligence Mm -hmm. and did the job of an officer, which naturally translates into managerial skills in the civilian sector. So right now in your industry, do you see a lot of black people or, or even black women doing this right now? Black women are changing the game. I would say, 
Um, but we are still a minority. Um, since the pandemic, a lot more women have uh, gotten into the industry um, because a lot of them, you know, lost their jobs. And uh, they found that this could be actually a very lucrative business for them. Uh, but there are a lot of um, women and black women behind the scenes uh, killing the game. So, we, we, like, I know I got a couple of uh, homegirls. They, like, do dispatching? Mm-hmm. Or, like, what's that? Like, what? So I have a dispatch company. Uh, dispatchers' responsibilities are to work on behalf of the carrier. Uh, dispatching is hot right now. I honestly think it's a trend. Um, I heard somebody say, what's the fastest way to make money? Like dope money. They say dispatching. Mm. It's real. It's simple to do. But I think that there are a lot of people out there teaching classes on what it is and not actually how to do it. Mm -hmm. So you depend on those people who are climbing the ladder and then you jump in uneducated, not knowing what to do or how, Mm -hmm. how to do it. Um, But dispatching is basically you work on behalf of the carrier. Uh, Carriers are the people. Yeah, I was getting there. Carriers are the people who are transporting the goods. So your truck drivers and you find their, their, their freight basically. Mm -hmm. So you're communicating with brokers or you can go directly to the shippers and manufacturers on the carrier or truck drivers behalf and get that freight for them. And then you plan their routes. In their lanes and manage the drivers. So, so did you um, gain any like industry knowledge being in Savannah, so close to the ports? Not until I left. Okay. Makes Not sense. until I left. Hey. I didn't even know mm. what I was doing. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I was sitting right gotcha. in it and had no idea. See, and I, and, and you had to let that breathe because there's a lot of us that do that, right? right. Like mm. you be in it. You like, some shit. like I mean, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like that. This did this to lead to this point. But right. I've heard that black women excel in this dispatching, you know, sector because of the aggressive nature of it. Right. So it's like we might have the same contract we're both bidding on, and she wants it for a thousand, but I can give it to you for seven fifty because I know my driver only needs six hundred dollars or something. This like much. That. Um, so, and I, I know the black women are just a little aggressive when it comes to that feel and that's why i know you know they're doing well um that you is, agree or disagree that's the way but that's not my way okay personally what you um do? i bring a little finesse okay to dispatching uh okay. i give <laughs> the boutique feel to dispatching and i truly believe that's the differentiator for tackle logistic dispatch uh because we actually care about our drivers and what we're doing. And like I said earlier, dispatching is a fad. Everybody hopping on because they want that fast money. But is it long money? Like, are you going to retain your drivers? Are you going to keep your drivers? Are they going to be loyal to you? Right. That's what I was going to ask. Like, So what's the relationship between being a dispatcher? Because uh, how I'm familiar with it, I see a lot of uh, husband and wife teams. Yeah. Like. I know the husband driving. We yeah, love those. I, yeah, I know two people in particular. Like they have their own dispatch, and the husband has his CDL. She does the dispatch. He does the driving. Yeah. Um, but if you're like trying to build a company like you do, 
how do you like what's the relationship between you and the drivers or do you why would a driver fuck with you and we got a lot of drivers that listen to our podcast so come on drivers call me shout out to all the truckers out there first off i just want to commend those husband and wife duos because when we talk about creating a virtual i mean a vertical infrastructure Mm -hmm. that's so important like you could do it on your own if you, you know, you master it, do it on your own. But why would you work with me? Um, Like I said, it's a long game. Like, I'm passionate about this. I feel like dispatchers should be advocates for drivers. Nobody is talking about how drivers are treated. They're treated very poorly. Um, brokers, and I do have my broker authority, um, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> you just sound like you got a lot. You know what what's, and what's a broker authority? Like she can broker shit. Yeah, it's the my broker authority gives me the legal permission to arrange transportation of freight um, throughout the nation, essentially. Um, but yeah, a lot of brokers. First off, you talk about education, right? Yeah. You don't have to be educated to be a broker or a dispatcher. Brokers and dispatchers have this crazy rivalry. They don't like each other. Brokers think that dispatchers are illegal brokers um, because brokers have to go through everything a carrier or a truck driver has to go through to get their license. Yeah, a but dispatch. a dispatcher can just go underneath a carrier and use their authority, which mm. is kind of like a okay. social security number for your license, essentially. See you see what I mean? So it's kind of like real estate. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like all right. If we, if we do real estate, somebody that's wholesaling yep, would yeah. be like a dispatcher, right. mm-hmm. and then our actual the with the license. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right. no skin in the game. So we call them agents, right? Because they don't have they don't have their own authority, and they're answering. To the person who owns their authority. Right. So a dispatcher. They really got shit to lose. They, no skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who wonder why should I work with a broker? Well, they do have skin in the game. They still got to put their credit up. It's still their reputation online. It's their livelihood. You know what I mean? So did you start as a um, agent and then get a broker or you already had a I broker? I started as a broker. So why do dispatching if you got a broker? Brokering is hard, y'all. That's what they don't tell you. And I was like, I need money now. What's so, fastest? The fastest way to make money? Dispatch. So they did. So that what that person said is true. It is like, true. It's true. So give us some numbers. Like, what's some money? So, we want, you know. Um. So independent dispatchers can charge anywhere from 5% to 12%. Some charge 20%. Yeah, I heard 20 Gross. Um, gross? Gross. Yep. For what the yep. driver is making, right? Um, some people would say 20%. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And that's probably why. And if you charge in 20%, you should be doing everything. So back office support, um, which includes, uh, invoicing, billing, um, all of that. But keep, Bookkeeping, I wouldn't say truck maintenance, but when they call, not that far. <laughs> I mean, because who's you get your ass out here watch this no. truck? <laughs> no, like yeah, yeah we ain't doing that. Twenty percent. I mean, well, maybe. Get you come out here with some hoes. <laughs> come on now. 
But I'm going to need you to know your stuff, right? I'm going to need you to know your equipment and what to do. Oh, that's a forced region. I ain't even finna get into that. But, like, know your equipment. So, can you tell? All right. So, we saying 5, 10, sometimes 20% of what? Okay. 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 Reel me back in. So, my drivers, Mm -hmm. the minimum goal gross is $6,000 per unit. That's like driving in your sleep. You know uh, what I up mean? Up the street. Up the street. I mean, but you're, they're awake, everybody. They're awake. Okay. <laughs> they're awake. <laughs> but driving in your sleep, something happened between, I don't know, uh, maybe July to July. July, September was a very, very fine time because my drive-ins, which is your regular boxes that you see mm-hmm. were making like 10 to 12 thousand dollars a week and that's driving from where to where what's the distance on that um probably um 2000 to 2200 miles a week because you guys charge by the mile and they were making we how charge much by, the mile, by the mile 10 to twelve thousand right. a week a week so my boy david is going to CDL like a friend I just talked about. <laughs> is that what he doing now? Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Look, he's going to get a CDL right there, right? Okay. So uh, I was like, bro, if I'm you, if you can't, like, and he's like, he's locked in on this shit, right? So like, bro, this is all I'm about to do. I ain't doing nothing until I finish my license. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, if I'm you, nigga, you need to go find you a shouter, man. That's already dispatching or that want to dispatch, and y'all just need to build a team. Well, well, that's what I was going to ask. Tell him to call me. Well, that's what I was going to ask. How many, nah, nah. how many trucks, uh, truckers do you have on your team? Like, how did that? How did you build your squad? So I was really blessed. Oh, and let me make one quick caveat: the ten to twelve thousand is not normal. Mm-hmm. Okay, the What's average normal? driver is making that six thousand, and probably going home on the weekend, stuff like that. But the ones who really, really push. Ten to twelve thousand is possible. These, these but brothers about, are making over one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand a year. It's a great industry. It's a, an amazing industry. And so, COVID made that shit more valuable. Well, that's what it was. That's what it was. That's per unit, right? A hundred to fifty thousand dollars per year, right? So let's say somebody was charging, let's just say ten percent off a hundred thousand. What's that? Uh, ten thousand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's say. You had 15 trucks. That's how many trucks you got. You got to go to Patreon to get no, this exclusive Don't count my pockets. I chose a long run. I did something a little bit different. And I did a flat rate. So you'll find um, some dispatchers who choose to do a flat rate. Mm. I'm not going to share my flat rate. Don't, but typically yeah. the flat rate is less than the average, right? Um, but it was a long game. This client in particular plans to gross to 100 trucks and they dispatch with me exclusively so as they scale then i scale and i create a product so if i'm able to market this product if i'm able to market this product let's say for the first 10 we're already over the first 10 right i can market this to other carriers train the trainer I don't even have to be there. I'm just managing. 
That's the intent. Gotcha. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna cut okay. some of that out too because you was giving some sauce yeah. there. So Patreon, mm-hmm. Patreon, y'all. Thank you. Thank, thank, can we get a round of applause for this sister right here? Yes. <laughs> this sister out here getting the bit. Nah, so I, 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 really I like. I like that. So. Really <clears throat> Let me ask you this: When it comes to like the drivers, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I want to double back to what you're saying. Is, I love him. <laughs> I want to double back to uh, I what love him. <laughs> so, with, with the drivers, can you um, kind of list the hierarchy and how this logistic thing goes? Right? Who who is it? Broker, agent, driver, you know, manufacturer. I really like that you use the word hierarchy, and I don't think that people use that when discussing transportation i think that now this is just transportation because one there's a difference between transportation and logistics so transportation is just motor operating so wheels on the ground okay that's the difference and i think people complicate things because they don't talk about hierarchy and drivers don't understand hierarchy right Mm -hmm. and i take hierarchy from my experience in the military mm-hmm. and it makes my life so much easier and my clients be like oh my gosh she's amazing like i've been doing this not new to this i'm true to it but Man, uh, <laughs> stop playing with me what? <laughs> so um i'm gonna start from the bottom right the last person on a total po- totem pole is the driver unfortunately so a lot of, um, <laughs> yeah unfortunately so a lot of stuff trickled downhill and it doesn't matter what it is, they get blamed for everything. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's so important for dispatchers to advocate on behalf of drivers. And drivers also have to, whenever they see that number on their freight, they know that uh, uh, it's basically not a take home. They have to break that off to like. It depends on how you educate your drivers. So okay. I've been fortunate to work with um, someone who's great, who's like, these are your numbers. This covers your costs. You got to run two loads. At this cost per mile to cover your fixed costs. The rest is take home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of drivers aren't financially literate. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to change that. So Tackle offered that to their guy, to you guys? Or, yeah. or what are y'all kind of doing to combat that? So I said I was blessed, right? Mm-hmm. So right now I have one major client um, looking for more. But this client has allowed me, (laughs) a little slight plug, Uh, but this client has allowed me to get my numbers up, get my statistics up to be able to know or be able to confidently say what I'm capable of Uh, because he just does not play about numbers. And it's not just for me, but it's for his drivers as well. Right. And so it's all about vision. And I'm talking, I talk to him all the time. Okay, what's your vision? Right. So then he brings me in. I bring my vision in. I'm delegating. So now we got dispatchers underneath us. I'm teaching them. It's my hierarchy, right? Job to talk to him. He's an agent underneath a larger carrier. All right. What is your vision for your agency? It's my job to talk to the dispatchers. So when they talk to their drivers, that vision is trickling down. We all have to be on the same page in order for it to work. One band, one Dang. sound. Dang. That's real, though. It sounds corny, yeah, but yeah. like that's she got that military going. Yeah. For that's real. real. <laughs> and then you hired me for a reason, so you need to delegate. Use me, so that you can continue to think strategically. Mm. So I initially started off dispatching, but I was like, "Hey, 
this is doing a disservice to myself and to you. I got my broker authority. I need to be out acquiring freight. Mm. Because so now, like that's the can you talk extra. about that process of acquiring? Like, how do you acquire freight? It's Ooh. hard, right? Layman's terms. Yeah, it could be as simple as I'm out to eat at a Mexican restaurant. I have on a T-shirt. True story. I can't make this up. Golden Girls T-shirt, and they start a trivia off of my T-shirt, and then it's like some random people, you know, at this Mexican restaurant, and then it ends up. Hey, what do you do? I have a logistics company. I got my brokerage authority. Oh, I uh, have a wood company. I work at a wood company. I'm in the C-suite, so CEO suite. Uh, We work with brokers to move wood, you know, lumber, whatever. Uh, Here's my card. It could be as simple as just building relationships organically like that. A lot of people do a lot of cold calling. That's not my thing. Mm. Um, for me, my strategy has been aging my authority. So basically letting it grow, right? Not really focusing on acquiring the freight, but it by years, it looks older and building my network. Like, Hey, I exist. Mm. This is what I'm doing. And then I focused on my dispatcher, my dispatch company. And by having my dispatch company, No, I don't own the trucks, so I'm not asset-based, but I control these trucks. So when you give me your freight, I know who's moving it, and I trust them. I'm controlling it, essentially. So what do you um, say to somebody that's trying to get into this? Or, like, they're hearing this, and they're like, you know, this is something I want to try. Like, when you first said it, to me it made the agent sound like, you know how to, there's a couple of trends that's going on. Dispatch is a trend. Credit repair is a trend. You know, accounting services is a, a trend. Like, all these things, people are, like, popping up, mm-hmm. doing things. Like, what is your advice to people that want to do this and do it right? I'm not knocking dispatching, right? So I started off as a broker, but I started dispatching. I honestly feel like that's the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. I started an apprenticeship program to groom people into logistics as a whole. Through dispatching, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it The best compliment to me was when one of my drivers said, dang, it's like, you're a driver too. You get it. Mm. You're on the ground with us. And when I'm talking to new drivers, I'm like, me and you, we married. We work married. Anything that's going on, I need to know. I don't do that work wife shit. No, 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 no. I don't do that work wife shit. No. See, you my girl. We, now I'm questioning all your goddamn drivers. No. <laughs> no. Calling but, my, being my, a, look. Call my girl, nigga. Goddamn shit. Get that shit there. Being a woman in the industry, I have to put it out there saying, hey, I'm single. I like to keep it that way. Because <laughs> they will try you, right? But when we at work, I need to know what's going on with you. Like, you know, that's really important. So if if something is going on at home, they need to tell their dispatcher because that's going to affect how they drive. That's a tricky line. Right? Break, yeah. break a check and then just let you know my baby yeah, mama tripping. Yeah. It's all professional. I need about five. <laughs> hey, it's an art. It's an art. But you set those boundaries up front, right? Like, don't try me, but, like, it's my job to help you. <laughs> but what I want to tell the people. Yeah, get to it. Educate, 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 educate yourself. Get you a good mentor, right? Don't fall victim to all of these people on social media 
um, selling classes, you know, uh, selling mentorship because it's not real. Now, somebody may charge you for consulting because it's their time. And when you get into this industry, uh, time is money. You'll learn. Every second counts. Uh, but don't go out there just for the money. Like, do it for the right reasons because drivers need people advocating for them. So, okay. who, who's um, who's like an industry person on YouTube? So who should I? Who's Google? your mentor? Yeah, like my mentor. Yeah, Hope White. I love her. Okay. Shout out to Hope. Yeah. Um, She's actually um, into Dread. So you talk about being in Savannah Mm -hmm. and the ports. She um, is located in Metter. She's super cool. She created a a world of her own in Metter because nobody's there. Uh Metter, Georgia, for people watching. Um, And she's that that halfway point or that stopping point. So her carriers and shippers don't have to leave their stuff at the port, right? Mm -hmm. She has a container storage yard. She also has warehousing. So, next. She you know, got you your big client? You know, she didn't. But um, she's the one who I can go to and talk about warehousing. What's next? You know what I mean? Uh, what's popping in, in Georgia? Uh, tell me what's going on. So, Hope, she has her own lane. And I respect her for that. Um, and she takes mentorship very seriously. So, if she's selling a class, like, I could text Hope right now. You know, and she limits it versus some courses that I've taken and I can't get a hold of the face. You know what I'm saying? Um, Chris, Watch the playback. Chris Lee. I just got to give one more shout out to my homeboy, Chris Lee. Uh, he drives himself, but he's all about financial literacy for drivers. Mm. Also, maintain a health maintaining a healthy lifestyle on the road. So mm, that's important too. Yeah, oh, he, that's a whole he's industry. actually a yeah. A vegan, which is really interesting. And on he drives road. on the road, right? He got a big ass cooler in his truck. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, a, lot, a lot of places are a lot more accommodating now. Too. I mean, not That's in the middle of America. It's a McDonald's and a Subway. He be figuring it out, though. Yeah, and he McDonald's got his little jump, not little, he got his jump rope, you know, <laughs> and be out there, like, you know, promoting healthiness, especially in the culture. And he just dropped his uh, journal. A journal for financial journal for drivers. So hmm. it's on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Out, connect so. me with that, Brad. I want to meet him. Yeah, for sure. I, do too. I, meet so, him. I will definitely <clears throat> connect you. Sent it on the road. Can I ask you some questions? Um, like you, you talk about what's coming up next. You said warehousing. Um, what about electric uh, truck driving? Like, how, how have you seen that coming to the industry? I questions? have seen it. There's a lot of testing on it, and there are some. Um, comp- Companies and the names escape me right now who's actually driving, um, especially in Texas, and they have contracts with Walmart. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. I think that for drivers who think that they could potentially take a job from them, I, I think that's impossible. Right. So we have automated airplanes, right? But we don't send planes into the air without a pilot right. there. It's still a driver in those you, right? electric Right. I vehicles. just think that the type of driver is going to change, right? You're going to have to be technically savvy. Exactly. Like, we saw, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we saw that in MARTA. So, my homeboy came on at MARTA as a mechanic, 
the new modern mechanics, they don't have a toolbox. They have a laptop. Mm -hmm. And he literally got hired and he became like a supervisor training somebody that had been there 20 years because the new buses were computers, not engines, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. Take your car in anytime. They, yeah. they said IT is not IT anymore. It's just tech. You just got to yeah. know. You just got to know tech. And that's what the new trucks are basically, uh, basically are. And um, it's crazy because I just did a conference and they were talking about it. And it was like, oh, so you don't need drivers now? Yeah, yeah you need drivers. Somebody's going to have to be there to monitor it and maintain it. And so at Tackle Logistics, we strive to change the face of logistics, right? We don't look like, you know, the standard white man behind the truck, you know, that negative or old stereotype that truck driving has. Like, um, we are... You know, we're trying to change the game and change the face. And we're going to have to market market to a different type of people. That different type of people are young professionals. Truck driving or transportation is about to look different very soon. And so, um, and it's lucrative. $780 billion industry projected to be a $1.3 billion, I'm sorry, $1.3 trillion industry by 2030. Mm. Dang. Mm. Um, you got a question? Well, last question, because you know we uh, currently we're having a supply chain issue, mm -hmm. um, and I see that like because you're on the ground, right? Yeah. And I have this theory. I don't think that like I don't think that the goods are stopped being produced. I think that we have a lot of goods piling up at the ports, but they are, like yeah. you said, there these are human people, and y'all been kind of like you know shitting on the drivers and shitting on the port workers, and now I feel like they're just not working as hard, as fast, and there's not, like, a urgency to get people these goods. Is that what's going on on the ground? Like, I personally, this is my opinion, I wouldn't say that. I would say that although it doesn't feel like it, we are still in a pandemic. Mm. And a lot of people in the industry. Say that again for key. We're still in a pandemic. <laughs> a lot of people in the industry, this industry in particular, do not want to be vaccinated. Okay, and it's a personal choice that I respect. Um, with that comes a lot of consequences for everyone, mm. right? So if someone catches the virus, that means we have a shortage of workers. Um, not only that, some would argue that a lot of the, um, what you call it, the stimulus yeah, sure. checks, uh -huh. Um, caused a lot more people not to work. Like, well, I got to work when I'm, I'm getting this check. Like, I make more sitting at home, you yeah. know? And so. Because I wouldn't pay me. Because I've been asking for a raise and y'all right. won't, won't pay me when I, I work. I agree with that. Yeah. Logic. So. I definitely agree with that. We're still recovering for that. And once again, it trickles down mm -hmm. to the drivers, right? Um, because we have longer shipping times, longer receiving times, time is money. They get paid by the mile. So if they're not driving, they're not driving miles. You see what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I don't I don't think that it's because people are working. They're not being efficient. I think we just don't have enough. There is truly a shortage and a um, maybe not a shortage, Per se, because, because people argue, right? And I'm like on the fence. I'm doing my research trying to figure out what I want to do. Uh, some people say it's a, a shortage of blue-collar workers. And some people say there's a shortage of good blue-collar workers. Right? Well, because they're not paying. 
Right. You can't disrespect them, right? right? I would like to add that from a veteran, I feel like drivers are the nation's heroes or like logistics, right? Mm-hmm. If drivers stop driving for 48 hours, the whole economy would crash. Well, you know, I'd be, I be, well, so. Black drivers unite. We got to go to why the voter right, the voting right bill, why it got here. It's because of drivers. And let me explain why. Selma was the march from marching from Selma to Montgomery. The first march was unsuccessful. That's when Bloody Sunday came. Second march, he kneeled and took he kneeled and took a prayer. They prayed. And then the third march, he got uh Coast Guards to protect them from uh Selma Auto to Montgomery. But that entire time it took them to march, freight had to stop. So it was an economic protest, and most mm-hmm. people don't know that. You literally stopped freight from coming to and fro on that whole highway because it was shut down just for us to march. So, I mean, when you start getting really into Dr. King and his strategy to do it was a whole other genius. You know just, what I'm saying? Just tell the media everybody. Look, don't get me started. Don't get me started because so, I can go. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, they they could – they could literally change what they want to change, but you just got to unify. They don't know, right? And and that is may there, be a, is there a union for truck drivers? And the, I just bought a book um, because I want to do more research on that. Unions were very heavy, nineteen um, seventies and before, and um, that changed after nineteen seventy two, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe the biggest issue was truckers knew their worth and they had to shut that down. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody knowing their worth. And it if is, to if, the system, to the system, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so if drivers knew their worth, then they would get better rates. You know, um, the, the greatest insult as a dispatcher was listening to another broker tell me oh well you know cause when i said drive-ins were making like 10 or twelve thousand dollars the rates were insane well drivers have been getting overpaid uh for the past three months so well maybe you're in the wrong profession right. he was an agent right so a broker's taking a cut of his stuff too just saying but you know what i mean like respect them, right? Because you it's know not they're getting overpaid. They've been getting underpaid. It's right, they getting paid what they're supposed to get, and they were happy. But you know, during the pandemic, when the world shut down and y'all didn't have tissue, right? Who brought you that? That's what's up. So, um, I definitely can see. I can definitely see what happens if they get unionized or organized. They don't want that. How they could change the game, but with so many brothers coming into it and so many sisters. Are now in the dispatch and the brokers game, you know, with y'all, anything is possible. Absolutely. Um, before we close out, I just want you that camera right there. Boom. Just kind of give people a peel uh, about tackle why they should support you. How can we support you? How can we get behind you? Tell the people. Tackle logistics brings the boutique feel to the transportation and logistics industry. We are changing logistics one dispatch at a time. And we really 
care about our drivers and that's where it all starts. I would like um, to leave with hierarchy, right? Uh, drivers, dispatchers, agents, carriers, brokers. Um, you could have like warehousing, shippers, manufacturers. Then you got freight forwarders, uh, custom brokers. Now you get an international. And I'm saying that to say that if you get into this industry, you should never get bored. If you get bored, it's time to go and learn something else because you can create a vertical supply chain for yourself. The success is there. And if you want to follow me, reach out to me, have questions, I'm here. You can find me at Tackle Logistics um, on all platforms. My name is T-A-K-L, Tango Alpha Kilo Lima logistics uh military <laughs> tacklelogistics.com you can find us um and my name is tiara kendrick t-i-e-r-r-a uh so you can also find me that way so thank you so much now thank you thank you for i mean this this episode is a wealth of knowledge man and that's what we want to do here just as media give people the information empower them Yes. To make a change. And uh, as we're continuing the conversation of generational wealth and uh, building, um, we feel like this is a pathway. Absolutely. And thank you for being a great example of that. Um, so we say it every week, man. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Just Elders Podcast. Let's go. Dang. Cook that shit up, Quay. Yeah. Yeah. Son, where'd you find this? Stand on my light, my spirit full. I'm a big dog, y'all niggas, T-Cubs. I'm a jet game brain with my feet up. I'm gonna bite my tongue, I'm gonna squeeze